Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Today, we're excited to kick off our new collection of talks for the sake of eternity, as we gather around the vision for where God is leading us in the year ahead. In the here and now, we're driven by eternity. The seeds we plant today impact our tomorrow. To discover how you can be part of accelerating the vision, visit vuchurch.com vision. In this first installment, Pastor Rich explores a thought, if it seems slow. Remember, while we're waiting, God's working. Let's lean into this message together. Today, as we kick off this collection, a lot of what I wanna do is sort of a family meeting. I'm gonna tell you about some practical things that um, you could participate in and be a part of, but I'm also gonna kind of mix in uh, a sermon with it as well. And so uh, turn your Bibles to Habakkuk. Say that out loud, say Habakkuk. Anyone got a friend named Habakkuk? I think that's a, we should make that a childhood name. You know, you do? You have a Habakkuk friend? I like that. Boy or girl? Boy, boy, okay, cool. I wasn't sure if it was like a gender neutral name, you know. There's my little daughter, Habakkuk. I don't know, it works. Um, that'll work. Habakkuk chapter two. If you've never been there before, that's okay. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about his story. It says this in verse one. It says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he, speaking of God, will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. I like this line if it seems slow. Someone say, if it seems slow. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. How many of y'all believe that's a good word? A good word for our church and a good word for your home. I wanna take that one little verse that's just been speaking to me really all week long. And I just wanna preach from the subject, if it seems slow. Conversation starter number one, if it seems slow. As I was, I was studying this week, I, I, I learned that the eye is the fastest muscle in the body. Your eye is a powerful tool that God has given you. But I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul. Today is growth track step two at our church. But in growth track step one, we actually preach and teach from When the Apostle Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your soul and the eyes of your understanding would be awakened. And really what the Apostle Paul is trying to get united to see is that yes, your eye physically is powerful, but your spiritual eyes are even more powerful. That it's so important that as people of God, that we ask the Lord to let our eyes of our soul be awakened and to see clearly. Helen Keller one time said it this way. She said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but no vision. Vision is something powerful that God gives us. Vision gives us direction about where it is that we're headed. Most of us in this room today, we can see with our physical eyes, and this eye is a powerful muscle. But today, I'm praying that as you've walked into God's house, that you would leave here today seeing with your spiritual eyes, that you wouldn't just see physically, but you would see spiritually, that you would catch the vision of this house. Why? Because Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. 
Another translation says, where there is no vision, people throw off restraint. There's a reason why a lot of people in 2021 have no boundaries or no discipline in their life. It's because they're lacking direction in their life. And if you don't have direction, you will be swayed to the left and to the right. You will fall for any temptation. You will fall for whatever feels good. But I'm telling you what, when the church gets a vision, people start running at a brand new pace. I want you today to get a vision. Our church has vision. I hope you know today that we have vision for the future. I look around this room and there's so many different stories, but I wanna let you know that your story fits into this story. I'm praying for those of you that are single. Anyone single in the house? Look at this, raise your hand, watch, okay. Keep it up, look around, quickly, quickly, courtyard's coming. (laughs) It's coming like, wow, okay, yeah, exactly. I'm praying that this church has enough vision that I'm believing that out of one of the eight services that happen around here, your spouse, although you haven't met them yet, come on somebody, they're somewhere in the room today. Oh, I need some faith to rise up in this room. I believe that there's children to be born in this community. I believe loved ones are gonna get saved from this church. I believe that your story fits into this story. We have vision for the future. I want you to raise your kids in this house. I want you to see your grandkids get saved at Vuchers. Come on, anybody want a vision bigger than themselves? As you study great movements, as you study great people, you will always see that there is a commitment to vision, to the unseen, Not, not, not what I see with my physical eye, but the more powerful muscle vision of the soul that I am seeing and believing that God has something more than what I can see today. I I suppose one of the great threats that we have, even in our church today, is really what was happening thousands of years ago. It's the book of James. Um, James, the brother of Jesus, always good to note that he's the brother of Jesus and he chose to serve Jesus and not just serve him, he said, Jesus is God, which I have two sons. And there is no way that either one of those boys are ever going to confess that the other one is God. It's just not happening, okay? Uh, This is one of the great reasons I believe Jesus is who he said he is, is because every area of his life is supernatural. Even his brother is serving him. And James, the brother of Jesus, is the leader of the early church in Jerusalem. He was actually martyred for his faith, a horrific death. They threw him off the steeple. They stoned him. They crushed him. All to say that he was going, I'm going with Jesus. Even though he's my physical brother, I actually believe he's my spiritual brother. He's my supernatural brother. That everything he uh, declared and did, I can receive as I put my faith and trust in him. And he was teaching the early church. And I want you to see this. James chapter 4, verse 13 He was talking to the church because at the time there was a great vision and a great mission, but for many, they were losing sight of what God had called them to do. They had received the gospel. They had received forgiveness. They had received this new way into the covenant, which wasn't by the law, but by grace. But now as they had received from God, now they were scattering and looking for good opportunities. Suffering was coming and persecution was happening and obstacles and opposition and struggle and monotony and all the things that come with being in community were starting to happen. And this is what James writes. He says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. 
What is your life? Look at your neighbor. What is your life? Say it. That's the rudest question you could ask somebody right there. <laughs> like, what? Welcome to Voo Church. We're happy you're here. Um, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, someone say instead. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. See, I think what happens if we're not careful is that we forget that the vision God has given us is not a temporary vision, it's an eternal one. And I firmly believe this, especially in 2021, a good opportunity is the biggest distraction to a move of God. Because here's these men and women and they're going, cool, we've received from God. And now where are our personal opportunities to go and make a little bit of money over there and do a little bit of this or do a little bit of that? And if we're not careful, we will get distracted with good opportunities and miss out on the God opportunity. He says it so clear what he said. He says, your life is but a mist. What is your life? This is what he says your life is. This is, this is important. I know it's maybe not super encouraging, but it's gonna be encouraging. <laughs> James is like, yo, you're settling for good opportunities, but there's a God opportunity. The God opportunity is for the sake of eternity, live your life, pour it out, be driven by something bigger than yourself because you don't understand your life is but a mist. Wow. Yeah. Yo, but bro, you don't understand. I'm building this massive business. Let me show you your massive business. Bang! SpaceX. That's me. Don't cut that from the tapes. This is not on the podcast. I'm sorry. It's like, I love Elon. God bless. Like, I don't know him, but I'm calling him by his first name. All right, sorry. I'm going to live a long time, Rich. I'm more than a mist. Oh, really? Yeah, bro. I work out, drink green juice, have abs. Okay. There you go. Your life is but a vapor. And we, as God's people, we need to be vigilant and aware about what it is he's called us to do. Because James is saying you are paying way too much attention to the temporary and you are forgetting all about the eternal. I don't want to settle for good opportunities. Come on. I want a God opportunity. I want to make sure I'm living my life for the sake of eternity. Can I get a witness today at 11 a.m.? Let's get some vision. We are not here to colonize the world. We are here to heavenize the world. This is what Jesus prayed, that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. This is what you and I are called to do, that we would be driven by eternity, that every little thing that we're doing, we would understand that there are ramifications. My life, which is but a mist, I'm here one day and gone the next, but I'm going to say, Lord, what is it you've called me to do? And I'm going to throw myself into that. Wow. See, when you start getting a vision of heaven, I'm telling you what, a vision of heaven will make us more intentional on the earth. For the next four weeks, we're going to talk about heaven. 
We're gonna keep reminding one another about what it is that we believe because when you are driven by eternity, you start to love your friends more. When you're driven by eternity, you start to serve your family in a new way. When you're driven by eternity, you start to put purpose and mission on whatever business that you have. And it's not just to go be big and large and in charge. It's to say, God, grow our business that we might point people back to you and give you all the glory. Come on. When you're driven by eternity, it's not hard to evangelize. When you're driven by eternity, all of a sudden suffering starts to have value in your life. When you're driven by eternity, serving your church is no big deal. When you're driven by eternity, you want to be generous. And today, just on this, it's just a conversation start. I want to, I want to just kick off today. Is that if we're not careful, we will be distracted by good opportunities, and we will forsake the vision that God has called us to do because it feels slow in coming. And I wonder how many of us are just grappling even with this truth today. Oh man, is this worth it? Am I, am I headed in the right direction? It just feels so slow. It feels so delayed. And now I'm not just speaking corporately about our church, but always in these vision collections, I'm talking about your home and your family. God has a vision for your life. And some of you, you're, you're starting to get distracted and you're, 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 you're walking away from the promise that he gave you all because it's slow in coming. I, I just wanna show you three basic points uh, from Habakkuk. And I want to tell you a little bit about his story because I think it's an important one. And I think it's really, honestly, like, it's really encouraging even today in 2021. But let's just look at these three verses that we're studying. I'm going to make three observations. And with that, I'm going to share some stuff about what we're doing as a church. Uh, Habakkuk chapter two, let's just review again. Um, Verse one, it says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. And what... I will answer concerning my complaint. Observation number one, when it comes to this idea, if it feels slow in coming, observation number one is climb the tower. Everyone say climb the tower. The story of Habakkuk, Habakkuk is an Old Testament uh, prophet, just about three chapters there in that minor book. But the story is one that is quite potent and really, really full of purpose for you and me. Habakkuk is living in a time, doesn't sound like anything like today, but back then this is what it looked like. Um, He was complaining to God because as he looked at the earth, it didn't seem like heaven on earth, it seemed like hell on earth. Nothing like today, but... um, (laughs) And he's frustrated, once again, not like today, but he's frustrated because it seems like bad people are being blessed and it seems like good people are being cursed. Not... Not today, of course, but just then. And he's complaining. He, he's frustrated. How come all these people who are trying to do it right are not finding success, but all these people that are just going about it the immoral way, the wrong way, the easy way, they're being blessed? Doesn't sound like today, but that's what it was like back then. And he's mad because he's going, I want to see heaven on earth. I want to I wanna be an outpost. But everywhere I look, it just seems like hell on earth. And he's frustrated about it. Yet the scripture says that he climbs up into his watchtower. And it's there in that watchtower that he begins to have a conversation with God. I always think it's important that you and I, that no matter the frustration, no matter the struggle, no matter the pain, that before we take it to anybody else, we take it to God. Habakkuk, his name literally means wrestler, which I think is cool because here in his watchtower, he's wrestling with God. Some of you, you haven't wrestled with God in a while. 
Some of you, you're frustrated with God or you're frustrated with where, how, where your story's at. And so you take it to everybody else. You vent to everyone but God. Yet the Hebrew word for prayer in the Old Testament is to wrestle. There's something about God. He likes to wrestle. In fact, he literally wrestled with Jacob in the Old Testament until they finished their wrestling match and Jacob wouldn't let go of him. And God said, all right, I'm gonna change your name. And he blessed him there after the wrestling match. Sometimes prayer is like this. I'm bringing my frustrations. I'm bringing my struggles. I'm bringing my challenges. But I do so from the watchtower. I climb up above my situation, up above my circumstance, and I head up to the top. And it's from that place that I say, God, here's what's going on. On, I present it to you. If it feels slow today, climb the tower. Climb the tower. You ever heard that phrase like, oh, come on, man, get your head out of the clouds. I say the opposite. Get your head in the clouds. Get a new perspective. Well, how do I get a new perspective? I call it the four P's. P number one, prayer. That's what, that's what the tower is. He's praying up there. Our church, like we want to do everything out of prayer. We haven't just come today with a collection. It's something we've been praying about, talking about, honestly, with our staff since August. It's something that we are presenting today as we've come from the tower. But it's not just prayer. It's, it's your psyche, right? What is your mindset? What are the thoughts that you're thinking? Philippians chapter 4 tells us how we should think. Whatever's praiseworthy, whatever's excellent, whatever's noble, whatever's lovely, think about such things. Why? Because you are what you think. So you can come to church and you can like, you know, play a part. But if you don't transform your mind, your life will never, ever step into anything new. What is your psyche? How about this? I'll put down the word praise because praise is about a confession. Praise is about declaring something in spite of what you're going through. I declare God is good even though my situation feels bad. We need a church that's con our confession is always louder than our circumstance. We're going to go through challenges, but we're going to declare out loud, he is good and he's faithful. Fourth P, people. How do you, how do you climb the tower and get a new perspective? You need the right people around you. This is why we are building a church. This is why we give is because the people on your left and on your right are helping you get a new perspective. Someone say, climb the tower. If it feels slow in coming, climb the tower. That's what Habakkuk did. A couple months ago, I took uh, Wyatt, my, my oldest son, on our first plane ride, just father and son. And this sounded <clears throat> like a good idea. But we got on the airplane and after three hours of sitting on the runway at Miami International, after taking off to Charlotte, landing and waiting two more hours on the runway in Charlotte, my son had lost his freaking mind. <laughs> you know, there's video evidence. He had stripped his clothes. He was in a diaper going, ah! I'm literally like, do you have a cash app? Do you have Venmo? I'll pay you. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm paying people off, you know? How many of that? Sometimes when you wait for a long time, you start to misbehave. It's like, how'd you end up with him? Well, we, what happened was no dude would ask me out. I just, there you are. We, we start to settle at times. The longer we wait at times, we start behaving against our vision. Why it strips, ah! 
if we can see a lot of, ah, that's what a lot of us look like. Not because there's not a vision, but because it's, it just seems so long. One of the really incredible revelations I got on that trip is that we were getting ready to take off, me and Wyatt. This is before he stripped his clothes. And um, <laughs> he said, dad, can we see our house from the plane? I said, yeah, of course, bro. And so, you know, <laughs> that's what dad said. And so we, we take off. And as we take off and as we get above the clouds, Wyatt's looking out the window and he says, dad, I can't see our house, but I see so many houses. And I thought, isn't that just what it means to climb the tower? That when you get up onto the tower and you start to seek God, what you realize is that it's not just about me, myself, and I. It's not just about my house. But come on, there's so many other houses. I don't want a good opportunity. Come on, anybody in the room still want a God opportunity? Anybody still want a God vision? My life is but a mist, but I pour it out that others might encounter you. Someone say, climb the tower. You gotta climb the tower. If it feels slow and coming, climb the tower. Climb the tower. But look at what Habakkuk says. Habakkuk chapter two. This is where it gets really good. And the Lord answered me. Write the vision. So before he's like, I'm gonna bring my complaint. That was his version of, that, that was code for prayer. God, um, here's my complaint. Here's my prayer. But then the Lord answers him. And he says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Now, this is not just a good word for our church. Any one of you who are trying to make something out of your life, any one of you who are trying to lead an organization or a business, this is just, you don't have to go to the TED Talk. You're getting it today at church. <laughs> write the vision. I, I know it's like, what? Like, I, I am, this is so, this point is literal. Write it down. There is something about making the vision or the promise that God has spoken to you plain and clear. Don't just talk about it. Don't just think about it. Don't just pray about it. Write it down. Paul the Apostle, in Galatians chapter six, I like it. He's, he's always, he's like, see with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. He's like, I'm trying to make sure you understand crystal clear. This is important that when we're a part of something that we keep the vision in front of us, plain and clear. We wanna make sure we know what it is that we're doing, why? So we actually have some room to run. If you could do it overnight, it's not a vision, by the way. It has to happen over time. There has to be running room. There has to be something that has not yet occurred. It's in front of me. It's what we long to see take place. Now I have purpose to my pain. Now I have a story to my struggle because I'm getting closer to the thing that God spoke to me. I write it down to keep it at the forefront of what it is that I'm doing every day. A lot of us, we would be able to endure our current struggle if we kept the vision in front of us. I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. There's some single moms in the house and you need to keep some pictures of your kids on your dashboard when you're driving your car so that when you're driving to that second job going, I don't know if this is really worth it. All you do is look down at the face of your children and go, wait a minute, I'm gonna keep on working because I'm gonna feed these kids and I'm gonna give them a life that I never had before. I'm keeping the vision in front of me and I'm writing it down, crystal clear. I wanna make it crystal clear for the sake of eternity. I wanna make it crystal clear. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine the other day. It's funny, we were exchanging like awful 
preaching stories because, you know, you get up here and you have to communicate. And sometimes you fumble over your words. And if you communicate the wrong thing, you get the wrong response. And he was telling me this story that he was, he was preaching one time and his whole message, he had mixed up his words. He was thinking the word passion, but he kept saying compassion. And so his sermon was compassion for God which is just hilarious because we don't need to have compassion for God. <laughs> God is compassion. He was trying to say, get passion for God, but he kept saying, we need to be compassionate for God. And it's like, that's bad. Um, God doesn't need our sympathy. You know what I'm saying? It's like the guy who one time he meant to say optimist, but instead he was saying opportunist. Because you're such an opportunist, God's gonna bless you. What? Ah, I meant optimist, positive outlook, you know? It's because of your childlike knowledge that God wants to, child, no, you, mean, you meant to say childlike faith, right? <laughs> if we're not careful, we can intend to say something, but our job is to make it crystal clear. And at VU, you just came on that Sunday that I'm like, all right, this is what the Bible told me to do, so let me just do it for the next eight minutes. I wanna make it crystal clear because if you're here today, we don't receive a lot of offerings. In fact, we only see, receive one offering. If you come to our churches, we don't pass containers. Uh, we barely talk about it. We actually believe that our church should get a conviction from God, should pray about it, should obey the scripture and should decide in their home, not under manipulation or compulsion, what they should do. But once a year, someone say once a year. <laughs> once a year, we challenge our church. And maybe you're going, all right, what is that money gonna go towards? And I wanna be crystal clear where the money's going, but also why we need the money. And so, this year, for the next 12 months, there's three focuses that we're coming around. The words are outreach, resources, and expansion. I just, want, I just want to write it down, some of you that are a part of this house. It's just important that you see it. This is what God told Habakkuk to do, and so I'm just obeying the word that God gave him. Outreach is this first focus, and the word outreach is really important to me. 10% of every dollar that comes into Voo Church from the day we've started, we give away. In fact, we're, we're getting ready. I know we said it's a season of giving. That wasn't just about you individually giving, but us corporately as a church. Over the next four to five weeks leading up to our offering, we are giving away $500,000 to different local ministries and churches. Our biggest one-time gift ever as a church. That's, that's you. We're, we're, it's, before we receive it all, we're, we're, we're releasing finances. We, we just believe in this as a church. In fact, uh, we're gonna see this year alone in 2021, over a million dollars have been given away by you as a church to missionaries, to church plants, to organizations, to nonprofits. Vu is just saying, we wanna come alongside people and we wanna resource the kingdom of God. Outreach matters to us. Man, I think the team was telling me all sorts of incredible stats. My favorite stat is that since we've started this church, we've now seen 15,000 people give their life to Jesus Christ. Come on, can we just take a moment and celebrate as a church? It's amazing. It's amazing. Thousands of people, this year alone, over 4,000 people have participated in a VU crew, which gets me really excited because we can talk about church attendance, and I love, this is honestly miracle days, and we need to all pay attention. People, adults are sitting literally on the floor today in, in this building, and we're grateful for you, and I get excited about that, but I get even more excited about VU Cruz and people showing up to do life with people to have a conversation that will change them forever. 
But there's certain areas, we can talk about our Isle of My City, the 7,000 hours alone this year that you've served, uh, the 50 some thousand hours that have been served since we've started. I mean, our church is committed to our community. But, but this year, just a couple areas I just want you to pay attention to is our, our foster care system. This is something that we started a couple of years ago that as a church, we really wanna come around this area. In fact, since we've announced this, not only have we given away tens and tens of thousands of dollars, but one of the areas that I'm really excited about, I'm hoping we get to tell her story in a couple of weeks, but we have now trained 30 families for foster care. Come on. And by the way, this is important because if you are pro-life, you need to care about foster care system because it's not enough just to state the problem that you see, oh, it's hell on earth. We need to be a person who gets up in the tower and says, hey, if you're in a spot right now where you're not sure if you wanna keep that baby, I wanna urge you, keep the baby because we got a church called Voo Church. We got parents lined up that are ready to come alongside you and look after that child. That's how much life matters to us. It's not just the foster care system. One of the things that we're leading into, and this has been a long time coming. This has felt slow. This has been something we've been waiting for, but we are really leaning into prison care this year. In fact, this past Wednesday night, we had our very first ever VU Church service at Everglades Correctional Institute. In fact, right now, Everglades Correctional Institute is streaming in to VU Church. Come on, somebody. A hundred and forty-seven inmates. They were listening to the message I preached a couple of weeks ago about attacking anxiety and the stories and testimonies are already coming in. This is becoming a weekly rhythm on Wednesday nights. Our team is there. We're proud of the leaders that are doing it and we are gonna fund this area. But when we look at outreach as a church, just if you know, Voo Church is unconventional. So one of the biggest outreach things that we're really pumped about is coming up like in two or three weeks. We've been planning months and months for it, but back by popular demand. We did this back in 2016, but Art Basel is happening in Miami. Something like 100,000 people invade the city with luxury brands and parties and a billion some dollars worth of art exchange and no hate towards any of that. I just think the church ought to be in the mix. The church ought to be in the conversation. There ought to be some light amidst the darkness. And so you know that last year you gave two and a half million dollars in the offering so that we could buy a building in the city, which is the design district. The reason why today uh, our church is at JDD is because we had them leave the design district property because we are curating and we are building out for the next three weeks because we are bringing back in three weeks Vu Basil. And just to, what, what is that? Vu Basel is our expression during Art Basel that we are taking our entire design district property and we are in partnership with Virgil Lebleau, who's the leader of Louis Vuitton and Off-White. And we are curating a, a, a beautiful space. The theme is divine design, where I'm gonna be hosting conversations with lots of people, some of faith, some of not, where we are gonna have a conversation around divinity, humanity, and art in the place that it, it, it plays in our life. And I'm excited because I actually believe that we're gonna be giving seeds of the gospel during Art Basel week. Come on, this is your church. This is what you're giving towards. Come on, somebody, get excited. Back after one year of a break, 
We are coming back strong. I'm believing we're gonna have our largest and our best VU Conference 2022. Come on, back at the Watsco Center, believing it's gonna be 7,000 strong. This is a conference that's all about encountering God, equipping the church and empowering the next generation of leaders. This is an event that I think really is needed now more than ever in not just Miami, but in the church of Jesus Christ in America, that we want to take on the opportunity and the responsibility of championing the local church. It's not a conference just for content, although that will happen. It is a conference that our church gets to serve the global church. That's why we're asking you to serve. That's why we want you to be a part of it because we think the world is coming to Miami for three days in June and we wanna make sure that the church of Jesus Christ feels resourced and equipped and we're better than ever. Come on, do you believe that today? Somebody put your hands together. It's not just outreach that we're focused on though. We're focusing on resources. And this is a, a, a big burden that we feel like the Lord has spoken to us really from like the early days. And I think it was two years ago that we announced our vision. And once again, it's been slow in coming. It's just little by little, brick by brick. But uh, I talked to you about VU Friends and Family. And maybe you've never really heard about that, but VU Friends and Family is uh, really a website, but it's a team of people that are coming around right now that ever since we've started our church, everything that we do at VU Church behind the curtain, X's and O's, nuts and bolts around church, we just give it away for free. And so VU Friends and Family, which started two years ago, is a, split, is a space that anytime we're working on something from our staff or our leaders, that we are keeping all of those behind the scenes documents and we are uploading it to that space. But we also create articles around theology or, or leadership. It also has roundtables and trainings. And uh, since we've launched, we now have 5,000 subscribers that are part of VU Friends and Family. Come on, that's your church. There's so many churches that don't even have a single staff member that have 80 people and they, they, they have questions. We wanna be a place that we can help provide answers. Um, how many of y'all love VU Worship in the house? We're working right now on another full-length album we're gonna be recording in February and March. Um, I'm so proud of VU Worship. Uh, they were telling me the other day, just some of the stats, 13 million streams on Spotify. That's your local worship team. Uh, during the pandemic, uh, I know it was a crazy time. I, I was still working and I haven't told you this yet, but I'm telling you now, uh, I finished my third book. I'm really proud of it. And um, it comes out February of 2022. It's called Single Insecure. We'll talk about that in February. Um, all right, the third area is this area of expansion. Everyone say expansion. Um, we could talk a whole collection around this stuff, but I'm just trying my best to make it as plain and clear. And sometimes as we're stepping out in faith, we just do our best and trust that even though it feels slow in coming, we're gonna keep throwing it out there because not only are we gonna give towards it, but we're gonna pray about it. You're gonna climb the tower with me and we're gonna seek God and say, God, this feels like a frustration. This feels like a challenge. We don't know how to do this, but as we all keep climbing the tower, he's gonna to speak to us. And so we're gonna write it down, but expansion, like just, <laughs> I think we all agree, we need a bigger building. <laughs> like desperately, this has like never been maybe more of a problem and a threat at times that we are missing people. Stories we hear of people not getting in or not showing up when we got five services here. Thank God for it. I'm grateful for team that says we're gonna do whatever it takes. 
but it is not all the way at times of where we're at and the size of our staff and our team sustainable. We need a bigger room. I can start telling you all the things that we've tried to do. We've got, we've got drawings right now for South Miami, a $30 million project. It's beautiful, but it's just with that, that means all of us, the 3,500 people that are showing up here, we have to go somewhere else. We don't know where it is that we're gonna go. I just need you praying and thinking. I know this, I know if God could give us two buildings in a pandemic, come on, this problem is not too big for God that he wants to see this church grow. He wants us to have a home that we can fit into. And so we're gonna prepare. We're gonna be ready like we were last time. Last year, when the design district building came about, we raised two and a half million dollars in a four week period. Then all of a sudden this building was made available to us. I was too nervous. I was like, they just gave. So we just pulled out loans and we're like, let's just buy it. And we didn't even, we just told you we bought it. Like, cause we just didn't wanna to put too much pressure on our church. And I'm grateful God has met us every step of the way. Right now today with all the properties that we own, uh, tens of millions of dollars right now of property, we only owe $6 million. And our team right now is working. We don't wanna do a 30-year note. We're on a five-year plan to pay all of that debt off because we believe that we're gonna be debt-free here at Voo Church and we're gonna walk in strength. But with this building, like it's 50 years old. And so like, here's the stuff where it's like, is this really what we're talking about? But yeah, um, we have this dirt property over here at South Miami. It's three acres. We love the dirt. And some of you probably parked on the dirt today, but uh, God bless the city of South Miami. Um, <laughs> we've been given uh, not one, but multiple uh, notices and notifications. Um, God bless them. <laughs> that have let us know that that is no longer uh, allowed to do. And um, we are being, <clears throat> we are being suggest not suggested, we, we have to build a, a parking lot <laughs> effective immediately which doesn't sound like a big deal. Like, I'm like you, I'm like, yeah, look, cool, put some asphalt down. I'm like, yo, let's put some lights up. Let's do it. Let's make it sick. But it ain't so easy. Um, I'll spare you the details, but drainage and blah. But um, we got all the plans and we're, we're, we're doing this. In fact, we're, we're starting as soon as we can. Um, but it's a million dollar parking lot. I know, like, what? Like, I can already see someone like, what? We're spending money on asphalt. I, I know, I agree with you. I agree with you. But that's why I have a vision that every parking stall is for the sake of eternity. Every bit of that parking lot, I know it looks monotonous and mundane, but yo, I'm inspired that we're gonna create a space that people can, can park. And so um, we are meeting all of the requirements of South Miami. God bless you guys. Um, I know I love them, I'm serious, I love them. I love them, God bless you. Um, that's all you heard me say, God bless the city of South Miami. Um, Right now it's December or November, so it's cool in this room, but some of you were here in July or maybe we lost you in July because we have an AC problem. Um, that's why you see these big vents coming through and there's no bathroom access up here. So we're putting air conditioning, I know, but it's a lot of money. Um, there's a server we're buying, a quarter million dollar server. You're like, why are you telling me this? It's just because of all the content throughout the years, it, it, it's a quarter million dollars. Um, but the big word is this word city because today we're at JDD. And I just wanna be as forthcoming as I possibly can. Our heart still remains that we're called to the city of Miami to, be, to not be like the book of James. Oh, that's great. We got a bigger place out there. But to be a church that would stay vigilant, that's hard to load in. It's hard to load out. Our heart is God, is it iTech? Is it, is it JDD? We, we wanna stay open and available to what it is that God wants to do in the city. And so we're gonna keep praying and 
keep believing that God's gonna open up a property. And I, I don't even know, I think there's people in this room today that you might even have the keys to that. You might even have, you might be the doorway that you're here today going, wow, I wanna be a part of alleviating some of the pressure here at Vu Church. And so that's why we do it. We just, we write it down. Everyone say, write it down. I'm way over my time and they're gonna make me finish on time. I'm over it, but I gotta finish it. Um, Habakkuk chapter two, verse three, because this is, this is the preaching. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, here it is. Wait for it. It will surely come and it will not delay. Climb the tower, write it down, wait for it. It's not my sermon. It's the sermon God gives us right from the text. We, we, we wait for it. We wait for 106 times in that book. It talks about you waiting on God. God speaks a vision. God gives a promise. And then he's looking for some people he can trust that would say, we're not bending and we're not backing down. I don't care if it's a pandemic. I don't care what they try to do to divide us. We're staying put. We're staying focused. Watch this. You wait and God works. You wait and God works. When I talk about waiting, I'm not talking about like some sort of like wishbone faith. I'm talking about backbone faith. Because we can either wait passively or we can wait expectantly. And when I wait expectantly, I stay in a posture that I worship and I praise and I confess. God is good. He has a plan. He's leading us. It's not about this myth that I'm a part of. It's about the eternal God that we're serving. And Habakkuk, he got up in that tower and he got that vision and he wrote it down and we don't even see the end of his story. We don't even know if it all happened in his lifetime, but we know that his entire mindset shifted because Habakkuk chapter three, verse 17, he says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet, someone say yet, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Anybody joyful? Yet I will praise Him. Yet I will rejoice. If it seems slow in coming, don't get distracted. Settling for the good when you can have the God. Climb the tower. Write it down. Wait for it. This past week, I was all over the place. I preached in too many places. <laughs> got to preach at a pastor's conference in Arizona. It was beautiful. Got to speak in Birmingham to college students. Joy of my life. Don Shree had to be in Redding, California for an event, but we had this little two-day window in between all of this. And um, last year in November, as we were studying First Peter, it said, be sober-minded. And I, I took that very, very literally and I decided for uh, an entire 12 month period that I, would, um, I wouldn't consume any kind of wine or alcohol. Uh, didn't have communion for an entire year, can you believe it? And, um, tough crowd, all right. And um, we, had a, uh, we had a two day window that we got to go to, to Napa Valley. And it was just a, a beautiful time, my wife and I together and went and visited different uh, wineries. And I was just taken aback by like the whole process of wine like the because how do you spell the process you spell it t-i-m-e like I, 
I was just, I loved the stories about how this vineyard began and the generations of winemakers passing it down. I was just like inspired. And I just think the whole thing, I mean, they say when you start a vineyard, you know, like you, you put the seed in the ground, but it's not, it's like years and years before the vines are even ready to produce fruit. And then finally, you know, when it does produce fruit, I mean, the process that these grapes have to go through, they're crushed. It's like everybody wants wine, but nobody wants to be crushed. And I think the thing that really took me back, we were at this vineyard that was like 100 years old and they took us deep 100 feet into the rock into a cave where they ferment and store the wine as it ages and as it waits. And we were deep in this cave, deep in this rock and this, this storyteller of this vineyard said, what's amazing about this cave is it doesn't matter the temperature outside of this cave. No matter what the temperature nor the season, doesn't matter if it's rainy, this wine is protected inside this rock. In fact, he said last year there was fires all over Napa Valley, but none of the wine that was being stored in these barrels was destroyed or polluted, all because it was inside the cave, it was inside the rock. I thought to myself, when I think about our church, I want our church to be like a fine wine, that we get better with time. I want us to think about our church, that we are hidden in the rock of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter the storm, it doesn't matter the season, it doesn't matter how much fire comes our way, if we're hidden in the rock of Christ, it's just a matter of time before what he promised is produced in our life. If it feels slow in coming, come on, hide yourself in the King, hide yourself in the rock. As you're hidden in Jesus, come on, you're hidden from the enemy, you're hidden from all the struggles that would try to stop you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from Vu and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com.